say, Mr. President, happy birthday to you. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. This is a special happy birthday, Mr. President edition. Yesterday was the president's birthday. Um, I mentioned something about that on Twitter and Facebook, and on Twitter I said that he's the president this country deserves, and I truly do feel that way. As messed up as this country is, you guys deserve Donald Trump most. We deserve Donald Trump most definitely. And really, um, last week I mentioned that I was wavering a little bit because I wasn't happy with the way that he responded when it came to uh, the situation with police br brutality. And people from the left came back with the worst I told you so attitudes towards me. And I was just like, yeah. Now I'm definitely voting for him just because I don't have to be on your guys' side. Like, that's where the left is really messing up. And I hate to harp on how the left is messing up, but I cannot tell you how much the left messes up in that way. Like, they don't understand. When a person says that they're wavering, that's when you're supposed to take the person in and make them feel as comfortable as possible so hopefully you can secure that vote. That's what you're supposed to do, you idiots. You're supposed to secure that vote. You're supposed to make that person feel like, okay, welcome. I don't care why you're here. I'm just glad you're here. That's what you're supposed to do. And that's one thing I will tell you that the right does because I've dealt with both and I'm friends with both to a certain degree because both get on my nerves at different times, you know, but... I have to admit the left messes up worse and that's the way they do it. Like when I went to, cause I, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I have some friends that are actually quite influential in the, I guess you would say right wing politics. So, um, last election when I mentioned that I was going to vote for Donald Trump, I was taken in by some of my friends that are on the influential side. I met some really great people. Um, I met some really big people. I don't know if they're good or not good. I know that they're really well known and I know that everybody was really nice to me when, uh, you know, cause I had voted for Obama twice and I've been honest about that with everybody. I've always been honest about the way I vote. I've always been honest with people about that, you know, for as long as it's been going on, I've been honest about it. And so when my friend would introduce me as, you know, cause he loved to tell people, uh, one of my friends that took me out to some stuff that, you know, uh, he knows everybody, which I didn't even know he knew people like that. You know, I just know him as my friend and he expressed an interest in the fact that I was voting for Donald Trump. And he was like, okay, let me take you to these dinners. There's these events that we can go to. And there were a few that I wasn't in town for. I missed watching Ben Shapiro speak, which I, which sucked because you know, to get to go see Ben Shapiro speak, I don't know how much it cost or how you arrange it or any of that stuff. I just know that, you know, my friend had the in and he was like, let's go see Ben Shapiro speak. And I had to be on the road. So that means I'm working. So I can't cancel gigs so that I can go see Ben Shapiro as much as I want to see Ben Shapiro. And it's not even that I'm a huge fan and I don't agree with everything Ben Shapiro says. What I, what I respect about 
Ben Shapiro is he's like a computer, so he's got a bunch of facts and statistics in his head all the time, which you know I have a shit memory. So for me, it's very impressive when people can remember everything that way. And he also doesn't get rattled. Like, you know, people can come at him any way they want to, and he doesn't get rattled. And I really have a lot of respect for that. So I definitely wanted to see him speak, but I didn't get to. Anyway, my point is, when my friend would introduce me to people, he would be like, um, this is Ty, and Ty actually voted for Obama twice, and now he's voting for Donald Trump. And people would be so nice to me, and they'd be like, oh, well, you know, what made you decide to make the change? What made you decide to switch? And, you know, they'd converse with me, and it was always very pleasant, very nice. When you say to the left, you know, like, I'm kind of getting annoyed with Donald Trump right now then they're like well you should have been annoyed with him a long time ago what changed now that all of a sudden you changed your mind and it's like oh I I hate you I hate you I don't want to see you win I don't want to see you happy because you know what's going to happen when you're happy you're still not going to be happy that's what's going to happen and I guarantee you guys if it goes any other way than Donald Trump which I really don't think it is but if it goes any other way than Donald Trump there's still going to be a reason to not be happy. And that's why I got tired of the left originally, you know, because um, when we first voted for Obama, that was the mission. We're all voting for Obama. Great. I made sure everybody knew I was voting for Obama. When I was on the road, I would talk a little bit about Obama. And I wasn't preachy about it because I know people don't always want to talk about that. And not everybody agrees and whatever. So I wasn't, you know, pushy about it. But I definitely was clear about it. And I would let people know when they asked or when we would talk about politics. And, you know, being gay and brown, a lot of times people do want to talk to me about that kind of stuff. So I'm cool to talk about it. And, you know, so I, I was very clear about that. So we're voting for Obama. We're voting for Obama. Great. It's going to happen. Then Obama wins. And nobody's happy. Well, a lot of the people that I know aren't happy because Prop 8 got passed, which made it so gay people couldn't get married, if you're not familiar. I was in California at the time. And then, and it was like as soon as that happened, which was the next morning, you know, when it was everybody knew Obama won. Great. We're supposed to wake up to a great morning. Instead, I wake up to the news that Prop 8 got passed and gays weren't allowed to get married and the gays were so upset and they acted like there was some kind of unspoken agreement between them and the black community that, you know, we were going to help them get Obama and they were going to help us get gay marriage. And I didn't ever think that was the agreement and I didn't know that that was such a big thing. Like for me, gay marriage was an inevitability inevitability it was gonna happen so if it didn't happen then it was still gonna happen and I knew that in my heart of hearts so I wasn't really worried about it you know and I also thought you know this is a lot for people to take in and you know people can't take too much change at one time that's just it's a fact you see the way people are I mean like little things are a lot for them so getting a black president and gay marriage at the same time that's gonna be a lot for people and I knew that so for me I wasn't really worried about it but Gay people were so angry and they wanted to go for marches and they did go for marches and they had rallies and everything else, you know, in California. And it was just exhausting to me because it was just like as a person of color, which I've got to say, I'm a person of color first. You know, I'm yes, I'm gay. And that's a huge part of who I am. You know, it, it, how how big of a part of my life it is varies depending on which time in my life you catch me. You know, sometimes being gay is I guess a really important part of my life as far as, you know, everyday life, I guess. I don't even know that that's true. 
because it's not like I always have to think about it. It it is what it is. It's just very matter of fact for me, you know, but like being a person of color, that's something, especially if you've grown up in, you know, what could be considered racist areas or a racist state, which Arizona, I think we all know is, then yeah, being a person of color is a big deal and a big part of your life and something that's been, you know, just, you've always had that somewhere on your mind and so you know and I try not to let it drive me and I'm not one of those people that's obsessed with race and that bothers people too because some people don't think it's a big enough focus for me but it's just I don't make anything other than me and what's going on inside of me the biggest deal in my life you know because I don't have control over the way people feel about Mexicans I don't have control over the way people feel about black people what I do have control over is how I feel about my day how I feel about my life what's going on in my life what I have to take care of what I have to do working out like these are things that I can control and these to a degree you know there's things that pop up in your day that you can't necessarily control I don't know if you guys know but I dislocated my toe last week that was a big deal and, uh, you know, I mean, like I really dislocated it. Right? Like it was I slammed it into the handle of the oven door, um, which I was practicing handstands. And that's the way that went down. And I mean, like it was pointing outward. You know how your toes all go a certain way, like usually like straightforward and kind of in this one was pointed out and like jammed in. So. It, it was really messed up, but I think where I did myself a favor because I'm healing really fast, which is also because I eat right and I'm healthy and athletic and, you know, I'm all the things you really should be not to judge anybody, but I'm kind of living life right that way. I smoke cigarettes and that's not going to change. I've stopped smoking the weed. Um, you know, that's been going on two weeks now or it might be two weeks now. But uh, I've been really, you know, just not smoking weed at all. It's not like I've been good about it. I just haven't been doing it, period. Uh, and my sleep has gotten to where I want it to be. That's another thing I'm thankful for. Like, I remember to be thankful for the little things. That's what people don't get about me is, like, people read stuff that I say online. And for me, online is so not... Like, yeah, it's a place for thoughts. It's a place to like just, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I want to say. I'm going to say it. Uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook. If you're not following me on Twitter, it's at Ty Rivera, at symbol, T-H-A-I-R-I-V-E-R-A. At Ty Rivera is where you can find me on Twitter. Follow me there. Give me a shout out. Say I'm a botherina, something so that I know and I'll follow you back. I don't care about who I follow, like in that way, you know. I mean, I don't care about who I follow. I'm not one of those people that feels like, oh, I'm living a celebrity life. And, you know, let's be honest, I've got like five, six thousand followers, going on six thousand followers. God willing, you guys follow and I'll be at 6,000. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I mean, like, I'm not pretending to be a celebrity or anything. So it's not like I care if, you know, you hit me up and you're like, hey, follow me. I'll follow you back, you know. But, like, uh, for me, online is about thoughts, you know. Uh, Facebook, at a point, 20,000 followers there, you know. But then that got whittled down by Facebook when the Trump thing was going on because they were and that's a true thing like sometimes people act like that's a conspiracy like a conspiracy theory or that kind of thing it's not like that's something a lot of us went through where you know if you were supporting the right then they started messing with your numbers and they started unfollowing or have un they started um, having not having people unfollow you because it wasn't something they would hit people up and do. They just 
tear like take down your followers you know just take down the number and people don't notice once they're unfollowed you know it's so this is just what it is you know for me facebook twitter it's just a place for dumb fucking thoughts and yeah sometimes things get on my nerves and this happened the other day or yesterday it was um somebody posted this girl amy hawthorne that i thought was cool you know she's comedy groupie on twitter don't at her or anything like that i just say it because you know comedy groupie is what she called herself and that was because when she first showed up in la which was when i was in la she showed up at a point after i'd been there for several years you know i mean like i was already part of the la scene as far as stand-up went and so she showed up we were all very nice to her she was terrible she tried to do stand-up for a while and this isn't me being mean it's just what it is and the way that i look at things i'm gonna paint this picture for you guys so you guys can get what it is i'm saying she was terrible and that's just what it was and she so she ended up realizing that kind of quickly and you know didn't pursue stand up for much longer she just started hanging out which is always weird to me when people just hang out i feel like i don't know why you're just hanging out with stand-up comics like this especially at open mics because i know nothing against any of my other stand-up friends but i'm gonna tell you honestly if i wasn't doing stand-up i would run with a much more glamorous crowd there would be a lot more partying and fun going on in this life right now because you know, it's just not a glamorous or especially the open mic side of it, you know, like and that's what I was doing. I was working the road. I remember when I met her, you know, I was maybe working with Joe Coy, which shout out to Joe Coy. He has a new uh, special out. I think it's called In My Element or In My Element, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I was maybe on the road with Joe Coy at that time. And, you know, so I was around. But I was already doing stand-up and, you know, but you, I always wanted to have new material. And when I wasn't working with Joe Coy, I'd be hitting the same markets a lot. You know, like I'd be the same shows, not the same shows, but the same clubs or the same cities, you know, like Fresno, Bakersfield, uh, Portland area, you know, all of the Pacific Northwest. Like those are the places that I would perform. And because audiences liked me and I could make quick money, you know, just driving like three hours, four hours away, do a couple gigs for the weekend or for, you know, a couple weekdays, I could make decent money doing that stuff, you know, um, especially because I had the Comedy Central, the one Comedy Central credit that was before the Gabriel Iglesias credit. And so, like, you know, I was able to, like, milk those credits and make some decent money working like a Tuesday and a Wednesday or, you know, if I wasn't working with Joe Coy, I could work uh, like Thursday through Saturday, Thursday through Sunday. But since I'd be going back to the same towns and I was building followings there, people would come out and see me. So I always had to do, do new material and, you know, I could do some stuff that I had done before, you know, some of the hits, but I always had to have new material. And the most important thing for a person like me, because I do a fair amount of crowd work, is to stay loose on stage so for me just getting on stage a lot is very important or it was at that time now i don't feel like that as much but um you know it was just very important for me to stay on stage so i was always at the open mics and we were always nice to this girl amy hawthorne we were always cool with her you know i mean yeah she didn't do stand-up and i didn't understand why she wanted to be around but we were still nice to her and she was always welcome everywhere. So I see her put up a post the other day. She's been in New York for a, 
several years now, you know, and God love her, whatever she's doing, she's doing, you know, she was writing articles for a while on stand up, which again is kind of, I guess if you're around a lot, that makes sense. But I, I'm kind of tired. Here's the point. I'm kind of tired of people gatekeeping on stand up that weren't good at it anyway. And this happens a lot where people used to do stand up and then they start booking, which now she's booking a room or whatever. And I'm I'm going to be real honest with you guys as actual talent. And I don't mean that in the like, oh, I'm so talented. I mean, like, that's what it's considered. Right. There's industry and there's talent. I would be on the talent side as talent. Sometimes you do get like the balls on this person. You weren't even good at it. And now you're booking. Now you're dis you're gatekeeping. And so she put up this post where she was like, you know, and I didn't know she was talking about New York specifically. I just read the post as an in general post because she was like, you know, I, I want you to know you can stop being stupid at any point, you know, if you're doing secret open mics or you're doing any kind of and I haven't done any secret open mics, but I know people have done secret secret open mics. And to me, when comics, because I know in L.A., there were L.A. comics that were hitting me up telling me that they were trying to run some like smaller secret open mics and that. Other comedians were threatening to call the police on them and snitch on them. And one, I don't agree with people snitching on each other for any reason, especially when it comes to that kind of stuff. And the other thing is, um, like, it's just stop gatekeeping. Like you if you want to stay home, you stay home. And I've always been very pro that. If you haven't listened to me lately or you haven't paid attention to any of my, you know, YouTube stuff, Tyra Vera on YouTube, too. Um, but if you haven't paid attention to any of that stuff, then you don't know this, but you should know that I am a person that's very do what's right for your life. And I know that everybody's like, uh, you know, COVID, we all have to pitch in and stay home. No, you stay home. If you feel like you have to stay home, then you stay home, stay home barricade yourself for as long as you want to I don't care like for me the way things work and it's not anything against anybody is just nature does what nature does so this thing is gonna rip through either way and that's what a lot of people aren't getting like I know everybody wants to play God and everybody wants to be in the way and decide that this is the way that it should happen what should happen is in nature there's no actual quarantine if something is cutting through like an area like let's say a forest or a desert there's something coming through cutting through like a virus or something like that that virus cuts through and does whatever it has to do and takes whatever it has to take and that's the way nature and evolution work and that's what a lot of people don't want to accept and that's where people have to understand that I am very natural in that way in that way that's the way I live I'm going to be out I'm not going to wear a mask because I am meant to take in filtered air and this isn't some Karen shit this is me telling you the way my body works and nobody ever disputed that before COVID came up nobody ever tried to argue with the fact well technically you can wear a mask and it won't hurt anything I know I can wear a mask, but yes, it actually does keep me from being able to take in everything that I'm supposed to take in. My body was meant to take in unfiltered air. So was yours. But if you choose to wear a mask, I have no problem with that. I'm not going to shame you about it. I'm not going to pull your mask off. I'm not going to tell you you're stupid. Nothing. I'm not going to do that. Just like you're not going to tell me why I should be wearing a mask. That's just the way it works. And so when I was reading this post, I was getting like, when did Amy Hawthorne 
that was a guest in the comedy community turn into a gatekeeper? Like, how did that happen? And I didn't know she booked. They said she books two clubs. I guess there's two locations to one club. Um, somebody said the name of a club, but I don't know that for sure. You know, I mean, like, I know she's got the job. She's doing that, I'm sure. But I don't know the name of the club, so I'm not going to say what they said because I don't know that to be fact myself. I don't care. That's what people have to understand about me. I don't care. And I know that this probably in some ways hinders my career at different points. But hey, I'm going to live like I live. You know, I mean, like if I don't think shit of you, I don't think shit of you. And that's just what it is. And guess what? Some people will get upset about that, but some people really respect me for that. And I would rather have like people actually respect me and know that my word and me, I'm worth a fuck than have them think that I'm some sort of bootlicker. And just because I found out she runs a club, oh, you run a, you book a comedy club. Let me take back my opinion. Now I agree with what you're saying. Nah, bitch. I still think you weren't shit when you were in L.A. and we were nice to you. And now you're trying to gatekeep. And that bitch was a little bit more just the way I talk than the way I actually feel. Like, that's another thing people don't get about me is, like, sometimes I use harsh language and ha harsh words, but it's just to get my point across. It's not like if I saw Amy Hawthorne, I would be like, nah, bitch, I fucking hate you, whatever, whatever, because I don't hate her. But if I did see her, I would definitely be like, yeah, you're not gatekeeping anything. I mean, like, I would tell her in a nice and a regular voice, but I definitely would be very clear about the fact that you need to know your place. We all need to know our places. You know, and the fact that somebody in New York told you that you were something doesn't mean that you're really something. Like, you weren't good at what I do. So, uh, not too much, honey. That's what I'm going to say. Not too much. And so I let that opinion be known on her post. And at first I was, you know, just like stay in for as long as you have to. Like, that's cool. Like, I wasn't a dick about it. You know, I just was like, but understand other people are going to be doing other. Like I said, I didn't realize that she was talking to New York specifically. I didn't realize that she was now booking in New York. So that's the perspective she was coming from. I didn't realize that. I thought she was just saying that in general to the comedy community. So for me, I felt like she has a lot of fucking nerve. And um, so then she chimes in with like, you know, well, I think it's ridiculous when people that don't have a medical degree or a degree in science suddenly think they're going to give people advice in a pandemic. And I was like, sort of like what you're doing right now, because unless you got a medical degree or a science degree we don't know about, I think you're doing the same thing. And so then she posted some article and then like people jumped on like trying to, I guess, defend her in some way. One, I just blocked and I should have just continued that. And it, like it was really a like four or five people total, even though one guy just kept posting this guy, Brad something, Bradley, Bradley Behan was his name. And he just kept posting. And like he was bringing up plastic surgery and all sorts of shit, not getting that this is all like you don't realize how long I've been doing this and how long I've been on the Internet. Now, every insult people think they can throw at me, they're going to throw at me. And I already know it. It's so it's hacked to me at this point. So for me, I wasn't like hurt by anything he was saying, but I looked at his shit and he was a failed actor, you know, like he had been in New York for a while and then ended up in Minneapolis and he was trying to like debate that and it's like yeah if you're successful 
and you're in New York, which we all know, theater and acting, New York, yes. It's Unless you're going to be in the movies and you're in L.A. But, you know, like, you don't move from New York to Minneapolis because acting was working out. That's just not the way it works. So... I, you know, because he was trying to get really dirty and which I don't understand that anyway when people and like this is the mistake I made. Originally, I'd blocked him and Facebook has it where if you block somebody and then you unblock them, you can't like block them again for like two days. So I read his comment after I blocked him and I was like, you know what? I don't mind answering this guy. I don't mind, even though I hate that people come in so disrespectfully. And he had, he was like, well, I think you're an idiot. Like that's the way he started, you know, to my comment that was between me and Amy going back and forth. And I hadn't told her that I didn't think she was shit or I thought she was a failed open micer or that's what I think of her as. Cause it's not that I thought she was a failed open micer. She was. That's a matter of fact. You know, I was there when she was failing at open mics. So it's not like this is hearsay. It's something I witnessed. And I saw her evolution into just hanging out at the comedy store all the time. And I get it. Like, you really think you're a part of it at a point. But you're still not. Because there is a different respect that we have for each other as comics. And, yeah, in a lot of cases, it's unspoken. And some people will respect the fact that somebody has moved on to a book or not everybody's got my attitude about it. But at the same time, there is a different respect we have for each other when it's like, oh, you actually do this. And anybody will tell you, I will go up in absolutely any open mic, any show. I don't care. It's one of the things people also respect about me is I'm what they call fearless when it comes to stand up in that I'll do whatever and work wherever I don't care. And so it's like, yes, for me, it is a little bit different. So you're just hanging out. And I get it, but I saw that evolution. And so I have this guy calling me an idiot or whatever, but I'm still willing to have the conversation. And of course, the conversation automatically turns into that I'm a desperate open micer. And it's like, you don't even know who you're talking to right now. Like, it's just what you're saying is so inaccurate that I'm not even going to argue it. And I didn't argue it with him. That part, it's like, you can say I'm unfunny. You can say whatever you want. Oh, I'm on your fa- your YouTube right now. And I notice you're talking about whatever. What- and I'm like, you're an idiot. You don't know the difference between a video blog and stand-up. And I'm not putting a lot of stand-up on YouTube because I do live performance. So if people want to come out and see me, I'll give you a fucking snowflake. And that's another thing is my shows are always different, even though there's certain bits that I will do regularly or semi-regularly, some of them. But all of my shows are different. So for me, it's like you have to come out and actually see me if you want to see me. I'm not going to give it all away on YouTube because why should I? You come out and see me. If you if you want to see it, you make the effort. Show up to a show. So, you know, I'm, when I'm doing brewery comedy tour, I'm all over the country. Especially when I'm doing brewery comedy tour, I'm all over the country. So you can find me. And so, you know, I mean, like, I'm not really caring about what he's saying. It's just like, it's stupid. So then he jumps on my page on a comment thread and says some shit. And then me and Cody Woods, who he's been a guest on Unbothered, if you guys didn't hear him. I love Cody. We've been friends. We're cool. Like, he's another comic. He's the one that actually hooked me up with Brewery Comedy Tour originally. And Cody's one of the people, like, a lot of people don't get with me and Cody. I guess maybe they think we're more casual friends. I don't talk to anybody on the phone all the time. I don't usually even like the phone. 
But Cody's one person when everything's falling apart in the comedy world or even like, you know, this with the pandemic and stuff like that. And we got on the shutdown. Cody's one of the people that I'll call and we will have the most off color, off the record conversations ever. You know, like he's really my friend like that. You know, when I was breaking up with my I was on the phone with Cody the night that I broke up with my boyfriend when everything, you know, my fiance, uh, when, you know, he broke shit and stuff like that. Like right before that, I had been on the phone with Cody. I was on Co- on the phone with Cody the night before that happened. Like, you know, it's just Cody's my friend. And so me and Cody start just giving this guy hell and he can't take it and calling him a failed actor. And, you know, we're just having fun. And like I said, it's all completely within bounds because he had started this shit with me, you know. And at that point, I couldn't block him because I had to wait the two days or whatever. Because like I said, I had originally blocked him. And then so this guy just can't stop himself, you know. So it looks like there's a lot of activity going on on this sub thread. But really, it's not. It's just this guy going crazy. So then this lady, this other guy jumps in and it turns out that he's friends with the lady that I blocked earlier. And he's this white kid. And it's like, you know, I'm so I got like that part is where we get into the like. Ugh. You know, because he's like, uh, I'm putting my profile up to be blocked next, but this is the way I feel about it. And he starts saying whatever he feels. And I'm like, yeah, I got to be honest. I'm kind of tired of wide opinions. And that's 100% true. And I'm like, I think most people, if we're most people of color, or I think I used POC, the, you know, abbreviation. I was like, I think if we're being honest, most POC right now are tired of white opinions. And that is something I 100% stand by. A lot of, and I'm going to get into the white opinions and why both sides are annoying when it comes to that. Because in a lot of cases, if it's people on the right right now, then they're like, well, I don't understand why people are rioting and looting, looting right now. You know, when really it's not that bad, which I do have problems with the rioting and looting because I don't understand why you're busting everything up. Like, we all want to live in ruins all of a sudden because shit went wrong. But then at the same time, I do get the protesting and I get that something needs to be done and I get that these cops are out of control. And that's something I 100% get firsthand. And I understand why, you know, they say Black Lives Matter now specifically, you know, and like the the fact that that has to be a movement because it is happening in bigger numbers and has been happening in bigger numbers for black people for a long time. And it's something that definitely does need to be addressed on in that way, at least an individualized basis. And I feel like people of color like me, people that have, uh, you know, uh, experienced that as well from the cops, you know, profiling or being racist, which are things that I've dealt with, um, discrimination with being gay, like that's something else I've dealt with, seeing my trans friends have to deal with it on a different level, being misgendered by the police, being outright disrespected by the police, that used to be acceptable and it still is acceptable in a lot of cases. Um, if you listen to my episode with Lisa St. Laurent, where I think it's called Introducing Lisa St. Laurent. It's a couple episodes back. You'll hear her situation with the cops, and she's black and trans. And so technically she's biracial, but, um, you know, the world views biracial as black in a lot of cases, and that's the experience of a biracial person a lot of times. And so, um, you know, I think when it's people like me that have experienced that, or even white people that have experienced that, it's like that's where it's our job 
in this particular instance to stand behind black people and be like, yeah, I've experienced this too. It's bullshit, but it's not about me. Let me have your back because if it gets better for you, then it gets better for all of us. That's the way I see it. You know, uh, what is it? Rising tide raises all ships. That's the way I see it. So I'm not going to pretend that, you know, this has to be about me right now. I'm cool with that. But when you have white people that are outright denying it, that is annoying. Then when you have the white people that because they've gone to a march or are woke, now they feel like they can tell people of color what the experience is and what we're supposed to think and what we're supposed to feel and what our job is, that's something I have a problem with too. And so I was just like, I'm tired of white opinions. And that's where I'm at with that. And then so he goes on to say something else. And I was like, yeah, you know, to tell you the truth, I think if all of your kind were to be gone, or I don't think I said all of your kind. I said, I think if your kind, yeah, that's the way I said it. I think if your kind were to be gone, I said, I'm actually indigenous, which this is where we get into the split between people of color as an umbrella and then there's black people specifically. Then there's people like me that are indigenous. And what people don't get about that is when I say indigenous, I mean actually from this land. Like me, I'm Arizona. And my mom, her family was here when Arizona became a state. So I am by definition indigenous. Like this is my land. So... When people tell me to go back to my country, one, I was born in this country, and two, this is my country. That's what people don't get. And so when you think about what's going on with the Navajo Nation, which if you don't know anything about the Nav Navajo Nation, Google Navajo Nation, and you'll see what Corona is doing to the Navajo Nation. So when I've got these woke white people that want to talk to me about what it is they're going through in New York or what it is they're going through in the state, look at per capita, the way that it's affecting, the way that Corona is affecting Navajo Nation. And then tell me why that isn't be being covered. Why is New York being touted as the hot spot? And I'm not trying to say anybody should want to win that hot spot. I'm saying that the fact that the Navajos, people that are native to this land get no mainstream airplay their plight does not get addressed at all and i know there's a lot going on but if you're supposed to be woke and white then i think that you should at least somewhat consider the native so if you're not going to talk about that and i'm supposed to listen to your opinion and expect you or look at you as an ally and not only an ally but a superior because that's what they present themselves as in a lot of cases. I'm going to tell you what's going on. No, bitch, I'm going to tell you what's going on right now. Why don't you check out what's going on in the Navajo Nation and then tell me, get back to me on that. And then understand why it is I say that in a lot of cases, indigenous people are just waiting for you to be gone. Because if you don't remember, you also brought fucking smallpox on blankets. So... You know, Manifest Destiny happened and fucking slaughtered millions. So really, you're telling me that you don't think indigenous people are, 
at all have feeling don't at all have feelings about what it is the white man brought to this land and what it is that they changed and what it is they like it's it's just uh yeah sometimes you do feel like yeah i want you gone and i don't care how it fucking happens if covid is the way then covid's the way however the fuck you go let nature take over and then, you know, there's also the very human part of me. And in that moment, I was just annoyed. And I said that and I don't care and I don't apologize for it. And I don't take it back because it was very real for me in that moment. Now, then when I think about it on a more human level and I think about the white people that I know, the good ones. And I don't mind saying the good ones in a half joking way because I grew up one of the being one of the good ones as far as Mexicans went. And people used to say that outright to me. That's what people don't get when they're trying to throw this like this is reverse racism. And you guys don't know. Yes, we know. We know what it's like to have people discriminate. And we know what it's like to have people talk down to you. And we know what it's like to have people say insulting things to your face. We know all of that. You know, so for me, it's like, yeah, if every once in a while a person of color or an indigenous person or a black person vents and they just say that they're tired of white people, tired of white opinions and that it would be better if you were gone. Some days that's the way you feel. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Now, when it comes to my actual friends that are white. Obviously, they know that that's not the way that I feel, but. When I'm just hearing random white opinions online, no, I don't care what you think about a lot of things. And I posted about that last night when I was posting something about George Floyd because I'm tired of people bringing up George Floyd's past. And I know Candace Owens was the, the one that originally brought that up. And I like Candace Owens, again, because she's a good speaker and she has her shit in order. And there's a lot that I respect about Candace Owens. And I'm not one of those people that, like, because she said something I don't agree with, now I think she needs to be gone or she's a trash person or whatever. You know, she's working her hustle and figuring out her situation. And and I think, you know, eventually she's going to figure it out. And she's, to me, I guess if you don't like her, she's what you would call a necessary evil. But I don't personally consider her a necessary evil. I think, I don't think she's evil. I think sometimes she's a little bit misguided. And I think sometimes she's a little bit more worried about her hustle than anything else. But at the same time, I think she adds important bits to the conversation. So to me, the good outweighs the bad, and she's worth her weight. That's the way I feel about Candace Owens. But she did bring up the George Floyd, you know, that he held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach, and, you know, there was that robbed her, and there was that whole thing, you know, and that did happen. But he served four years in prison for that. He was released. And the cops, that's not something that was before them, you can say. You know what I mean? It's not, like, part of the case. And, like, I don't know where people get this idea that cops are supposed to be at all the jury in anything because that's not what a cop's job is. So for me, it's like not only was that not part of what was going on at the moment, he also served his time. And a person can change a lot in four years. Like you think about since, you know, Donald Trump was elected, like I've gone through a lot of changes just in the way that I think. There are people that in the last four years went from being male to female or female to male. There are people that went from being closeted to out. There are people that went from being not married to married. And, you know, there's people that went from not being parents to parents. Like a lot can happen in four years so 
for me to say that a person's heart can't change, their mind can't change, the way that they conduct themselves can't change, you know, criminal behavior can't change. And yeah, you know, it's also a fact that he had drugs in his system. So, you know, like if I got a knee in my neck every time I ever had drugs in my system, I would have spent a lot of my life with the knee in my neck. I would have been dead a couple of times. So for me, I don't think there's any reason to bring that up. Then there's, you know, like the Ahmad Arbery case, you know, which was another one where they brought stuff up. So anyway, the point I was trying to get to is when I was on Facebook last night, um, it was kind of late or whatever, but it's not an excuse. It's not like, oh, I was exhausted. So I posted this. No, it wasn't that at all. I really did feel this way. And so I posted something about, you know, George Floyd, that part doesn't matter. And the, you know, the drugs don't matter. Like none of that matters. No matter what, he didn't deserve to die. And you know, white people, I don't want to hear your opinions on this because, you know, I wouldn't think, you know, when it comes to the race part of it, because, you know, sometimes white people pretend like racism doesn't exist. And I wouldn't think something didn't exist either if I hadn't experienced or I haven't had never experienced it. And then I was like, you know, like um, I could by the by that logic, I could say that, you know, menstrual cramps and PMS don't don't exist. But the way some of these bitches act and that was just me being silly, you know, that part was funny and whatever else. Um, you know, and then I pulled the like, wait, what are we talking about again? Um, but you know, for me, it was just a way to make that post. Well, a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in a while, that is another one that would text me once in a while. We text less, but you know, he'll text me every once in a while with the world's gone crazy type post. And we'll have a quick conversation, just honest between us. He's a white guy. Um, but you know, he's, I really do love him. Like, I know he's got a good heart and stuff. It, he's not a politically correct guy at all and he did stand up for a while and that's kind of I guess maybe why stand up didn't really work out for him and it might one day you know sometimes things click later on he ended up you know his wife had a baby he got married stuff like that and you know he's doing that but to me that's not necessarily a kiss of death when it comes to stand up like a person can completely develop it's like I said with the you know a person could change a lot in four years like after having a kid and stuff like that a lot could change and he could do different type of material. But just back in the day when he was doing stand up, he was, you know, a little bit too raw for a lot of audiences and he hadn't figured out quite how to formulate his thoughts. And I think sometimes audiences would think he was racist or but like I said, I knew he had a good heart and we would converse and have good chats. And when I would see him in person at the mics, we had good conversations and we talk about stand up. And so I know he's a good guy. So he jumped on my thread and was like saying something about, you know, the cops once held him at gunpoint until, you know, and held him down until he went into convulsions. But I guess that was just them checking my privilege. And I was like, this is exactly what I was talking about. Like, it doesn't have to be about you. And the difference is the cops didn't do that specifically because you were white. They didn't mistreat you because you were white. And you have to understand that, yes, that does buy you a little more safety. Just like I understand that even my being a couple shades lighter does buy me some safety. It's it's just what it is. And this post wasn't about you. And I wasn't because I haven't talked to him in over a year, not even through text. So it wasn't like that post was directed at him or any white person specifically you know technically if it was directed at anybody it was directed at one of my friends in fresno that i love this guy too like we've 
had a good time back when I used to party. We did some coke together. But um, he's my my friend and I like him and I don't plan to get rid of him. I just don't pay attention to his post at this time. But when the Ahmad Arbery thing was going on, you know, which it's still going on. But I mean, like when it was the hot story, he was saying like, you know, he has to look into it because maybe Ahmad Arbery, like, you know, those guys did have a right to, you know, investigate him or stop him or whatever. And, you know, I was like, well, he was like, he has to look into it more. So I sent him some stuff that lets you know everything you need to know if you want to make a decision. Not that we all should be making decisions. It's not like we're jurors. But, you know, if you want to make a decision on that, I'll send you the information so you can hear a breakdown, a factual breakdown of the way it went down. And you can see what the law is, you know, when Georgia state law it's like it has to be a felony and you have to actually witness it well they hadn't actually witnessed it he hadn't stolen anything yeah maybe they saw him leave an empty house or heard he left an empty house but he hadn't stolen anything so it's not like they had with their own eyes witnessed any crime happen and even if they had witnessed a crime happen they couldn't have used they weren't allowed to use deadly force unless it was a felony and if he had stole something in there or broken something it wouldn't have been a felony it would have been a misdemeanor so i sent him everything he needed to know and the next day i see him still posting well maybe why are you trying to find a way to say that this kid deserved to die he just didn't deserve to die and you, these yahoos weren't fucking cops anyway. The one was an ex-cop. And, you know, there was just a lot that was done wrong. It was an ex-cop and his kid. And then the neighbor, you know, which the neighbor, I still don't know what the fuck he did. He, for all I know, he laid tile for a living, which nothing against people that lay tile, but you're not going to be deciding whether or not people deserve to live or die, and you're definitely not a police officer. But, you know, I don't know what he did. So it's like, you know, why are you trying to find a way to make this right? This is your whiteness speaking. And I am not a person that just bases everything on race. But I don't know what else to say if you can't understand. Like, you imagine you as a white person. I don't know how many white people listen to my podcast. But let's say we're all white. <laughs> but imagine you as a white person have somebody trying to chase you down and then stop you with a gun. Now, I don't care if you're white or not. Any race, if somebody tries to stop you with a gun, your first instinct is, like, to me, technically what Ahmaud Arbery did was brave to, like, charge straight at the guy with the gun and try to disarm him. You know, like, to me, technically that's brave. Because, you know, I guess he maybe got tired of running or ran out of places to run to. I saw the video, but, you know, I don't know what was running through his mind. Uh, no pun intended. But, uh, you know, it's for me, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I wouldn't stop for somebody trying to talk to me with a gun. Like, you're asking me questions with a gun. You're going to apprehend me. And you're in the South, in Georgia, in a place where, you know, I've been to Atlanta and I've been to the surrounding areas. I performed in Roswell a few times, which the punchline is there. And, you know, I know what the vibe is there. And it's like they say, like the saying is, when you're in or in Atlanta, you're in Atlanta. But once you leave Atlanta, you're back in Georgia. You're back in the South. And that's what it is. It is a racist vibe there. That's what the history is. So if you're a black man and two hillbilly-looking white guys, which if you've seen the pictures, they do look like hillbillies. Two hillbilly-looking white guys 
are trying to stop you and they want to talk to you with a gun with guns. I don't I don't think that any sane person would want to stop for that, especially there's another car trailing you like we saw the video like they're following the guys following him in his car recording. So it just looks like a bad situation. I wouldn't trust that situation and I don't blame Ahmaud Arbery for handling it the way he handled it. But this guy's still trying to like find a way that these guys had the right to go ahead and stop him and especially kill him. So for me, that's when I say that's your whiteness talking because otherwise you wouldn't be trying to figure this out like this. You wouldn't try to find a way to say that maybe they didn't or they had rights to do that. And imagine even worse if it had been a white woman jogging through and guys with guns try to stop. Like nobody would do that. Nobody would stop. So that's if anybody who I was thinking of, you know, like and I wasn't even specifically thinking of him. But like I said, his type, like because when I was thinking about, you know, saying this, I was like, I know somebody like him is going to chime in and say something. So that's what I was thinking. I hadn't thought of my other friend at all. And so all of a sudden he's jumping in and being defensive with me and he caught himself, you know, and to his credit, see, cause this is the kind of people I hang out with. This is the kind of people that, cause he and I had like a quick back and forth. And then he was like, look, you sassy fuck. I know you like people disagreeing with you on your post anyway. And this is something he said on the thread. And he was like, so don't act like you really have a problem with this. And he's right. I mean, like, you know, yeah, I'm, kind of tired of people annoyingly disagreeing but if you're willing to have like a go back and forth and you know get into it with me a little bit mix it up as they would say I'm fine with it you know I'll allow it counselor and so we went through it a little bit and then uh you know I made my point he made his point and then he sent me a message, you know, like, because when he said the look, you sassy fuck part, that's when it was over, you know. Then we were both just back in fun mode, you know. He was like, uh, said something, and he was like, just because you said that, I'm going to, I feel like slapping a taco out of a Mexican kid's hand. And then I responded with, LOL, I love you. And like, you know, if you do slap a taco out of anybody's hands, please send footage. And then he was like, I can have that to you within 24 hours. And then I just sent back a laughing reaction and you know that's the way that went down and uh then today i got a text from him uh in the afternoon that said like you know hey thanks for entertaining me last night and putting up with me uh, and he explained that a russian guy had tried to kick his door down you know asking like screaming where are the kids and so he had to protect his family against that because I guess the guy had some kind of mental lapse and it was during the you know shutdown it not only the shutdown but also while the protests were happening and so um, he had to handle this on his own and he said my midwestern wife ended up getting the lesson that 911 doesn't do anything because they tried to call 911 he had to handle that situation himself which is something i didn't know he had gone through he also is living in one of the areas where they are on high alert because you know that's where the looting was happening i don't know what area of la he's in but apparently it's one of the areas where you know he has to sleep with a shotgun or he has you know some kind of I, I don't remember the exact text, like everything he said, because it was a long text that he sent me. But he was just explaining that several traumatic things have happened to him. 
in the last couple of weeks and that he has that on his mind. And so he had a little bit of a, a breakdown, a little bit of a lapse when he was, you know, going back and forth. And he was like, you're one of the few um, Facebook profiles that doesn't make me want to throw up when I see it because you actually talk sense. So I'm sorry I came at you in any kind of way. And he was like, this is on the record and off the record that I'm apologizing to you for you know, coming at you wrong or if it came off like that. And I just let him know, like, you know, hey, I'm here. Like, you, you know, if you ever need to text me, I don't usually talk on the phone a lot. I told him this in the text, you know, I was just like, I don't usually talk on the phone a lot, but I really do consider you a friend. And if things ever get to be too much, hit me up, get a hold of me. I don't mind at all. Like, I really consider you a friend. So definitely, you know, like, but that post, you're right. It wasn't directed at you in any way. So I'm glad you reached out, you know, and like, that's the kind of people I hang out with. I hang out with people that actually can own their words and own what they're saying. And that's what, you know, I didn't respect about the situation that I was in because the guy that, you know, the one that was on that one post of Amy Hawthorne's, he was pulling like really what to me is like psychotic shit because the you know the true definition of psychosis is losing touch with reality and he was changing the order that things happen in and he was lying to me and like paraphrasing things i was saying but making them seem like quotes which i've already mentioned is something i have a real problem with i hate when people like use my exact words like there's a reason at certain points I say people of color and there's another reason at certain points I say indigenous people. And that's when you try to interchange the two or combine statements and be like, you know, well, you said that. No, I didn't say that. I said it this way. So then he posts screenshots of what I exactly said. And I was like, OK, where are we going with it? What do you want to say? Like, what part do you need me to explain to you? Oh, I think I've made my point. No, you really didn't. Like you, you've just you like posted my words so which part of it was the entire post that he was commenting on now which was a post from today that I put up which I didn't understand why it was checking in on me anyway like that to me right there is crazy and he was trying to call me crazy and it's like you're calling me crazy but you're on my page and we have no connection like I don't even know why you're back on my page today I just wanted to see what kind of craziness you were going through today um I don't think I'm the one going through the craziness I think I'd be going through craziness if I was on your page I didn't even remember his name until he posted again and then even then you saw me like earlier struggling to remember his name I don't commit people's names because they don't matter like these conversations and these things I go through with people, like they think there's this big thing happening or whatever. I deleted my sub thread off of Amy's post and it was just because, like I said, there was just a couple of people that responded, but they were all disrespectful in the way they, re they responded and they all were trying to take it in different directions. And it's like, no, let's talk about what it is I'm actually saying. If you're going to be a part of this and you're going to address me, there was one guy that jumped on and acted like he was being a psychiatrist. Like, you know, what is it you're going through right now exactly? I don't understand. You're the one hitting up a stranger right now. Like, what is it you're going through right now? Like, I don't understand these people acting like there's some kind of lapse going on on my end when I didn't call you, I didn't hit you up, I didn't tag you, I never even heard of you. You're just chiming in because you want Amy to think that you're in some way a white knight or a savior so that hopefully she'll book you. And that's not the way that booking even works. 
technically I'm still more likely to get booked with her than you are. And I've talked a bunch of shit, but to tell you the truth, I don't want to get booked with that bitch. There's no reason that I want to be over there. Like, that's the way I feel about her. The fact that I'd be asking that to Lord over me. No, it's not something I'm going to do. So, um, you know, and so then he posts a screenshot and then I'm like, I don't care. You know, like ask me what you want to ask me. I think I've made my point. Okay. Well now I posted a screenshot on Facebook and was like, okay, since this guy thinks he has some sort of smoking gun, let's do it. And I tag him. And then again, he's because, you know, the other comment thread, because I was really ready for it, was like 90, com but it shouldn't have taken 90 comments. It's just he was trying to deflect and he was like, you added, you followed my friends on Twitter. And it was like, no, I didn't. Like, I follow porn stars on Twitter. And there's only one person that I followed on Twitter today that was from the comedy world. And that was my friend Casey Balsham. And I know her from LA and I know she's in New York now, but she wasn't part of that comment thread. And there was no, like Casey Balsham is a girl that I like, you know, I mean, like I've always liked her because she's chill. She's funny. She was or is dating Robbie Slovic and Robbie Slovic. I've been friends with forever, at least on a social media level. When he was in LA, we were cool. They moved to New York at a point, I think as roommates and just friends and then eventually started dating. And I don't know if they're dating now and I'm not trying to put their business out there, but you know, the only per that's the only person that I followed today was Casey Balsham and like Robbie Slovic. I've been following forever. Um, but yeah, that's the only person from the comedy world that I followed. So when it's like you're saying that I followed somebody from the argument last night, that's not something I would do. Like I said, I don't remember names. So it's not like I even would like and I'm not crazy. So it's not like like for me, social media is so not like that. You know, it's not like, oh, this person made me mad or this person said something I didn't like. So now I have to research them on any every level and go to different platforms and see what they have to say on Twitter. And I just I don't do that. Like, you know, when the guy was trying to go at me, he was like, I'm on your YouTube right now and whatever. And it's like you're just looking like you don't have a life right now. Like, why do you care this much? And even the thing I said about, you know, indigenous people ready for fucking white people to be out of here, you know, and if COVID's the way, COVID's the way. That was half a troll and half something I felt in the moment, but that wasn't even at him. That was me talking to another guy, Steve something, that I don't remember his last name, and it might not even be Steve, but I think it was Steve, but it was Steve something, I think. Um, but, you know, it, so that's who that was to. So that wasn't even directed at you or a part of you. Like, that was when I was already done with that guy. As far as I was concerned, like, that guy was done. Like, there was nothing to talk about anymore. Like, we had already embarrassed him on my page because he was a failed actor. And that's just what it is. You know, like, accept that about yourself. While you're trying to tell me all about myself, it's like, I don't care what you say. I mean, like, plastic surgery, true. Shitty comic, not true. Um, what else did the guy say? He said on my, uh, YouTube that I look kind of wet all the time, which I don't know how that's an insult. I've got good skin. That's just what it is. So, uh, I'm shiny every once in a while. I glisten. 
Is that supposed to be insulting to me? Because a lot of white people look like dried out chicken breast. So I'm not going to act like I'm ashamed of the fact that I glisten on camera. I'm not going to do anything to fix that. It is what it is. So, um, you know, for me, I was like, I don't even care. And like the screenshot, I don't care about that either. So I shared it. So but I'm willing to have the conversation because to me, that part is important. You know, the fact that because he had mentioned that he had um, marched with his I think he said B-I-P-O-C, which I don't even know what those words stand or those letters stand for in the acronym. I know P-O-C is people of color, but I don't know what the B-I-P-O-C is. Um, and I don't even know if it's B-I or B-L, because the only thing I would think is black and Latino people of color. But I, do, I don't know what that is. I've seen it around and I should Google it. And I'm sure at some point I will just because, you know, I'm on the internet enough that I should know the different terms, but that one's pretty new. So it's like, um, you know, just the stuff he was saying, it was like he was changing the order and trying to make it seem like I had just attacked him. And it's like, I hadn't even said anything rude. Technically you said something rude to me and I tried to stick with the topic at first and then we veered off into other things. And then that other guy chimed in and that's why I said that. And so like, you know, and then there was a point where this woman of color, like I was very clear with her. I was like, yeah, you're not indigenous. So when you're trying to confront me on something I said about indigenous people specifically, and you're like, watch what you say, honey, because it's not all of us. It's like, no, bitch, you're right. It's not all of us because I'm talking about indigenous people right now and you are not indigenous. So please correct me if I'm wrong. And she couldn't correct me. And that was the other thing he was saying. He was like, you got dragged. And it was like, I did not get dragged. I know what getting dragged is. And technically, I shot a lot of people down on that. And that's why that other guy came in like a therapist and was like, I notice you keep going for the jugular with everybody. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Let these nerds attack me? How about you fucking pay attention and actually get an honest read of what's going on and come at me with the real facts if you want to talk to me like my fucking therapist? You know, but I wasn't even rude with that guy like that. Like that guy was just like, yeah, I don't know what you think I was supposed to do or if you think I was supposed to let people attack me. He was like, no, I'm just letting you talk right now. Go ahead, shine and whatever. And it was just like, you're stupid. But I didn't say you're stupid. I just stopped responding to him, you know. So it, it was like there's there wasn't a point where I was like, you know, out of line or out of control or crazy. And I know that because the other thing is, if I had been, I know that these are the kind of bitch ass people that will report you. And then the next thing you know, you're off Facebook for a week or whatever like that. And so I went very easy on them because to me also, it wasn't that important. It was mainly Amy trying to be a gatekeeper that I had a problem with and everything else didn't really matter to me. Everything else was just me like letting these people have it real quick so they could feel my fever and know what it is Ty Rivera is it about is about. And that's all that was, you know, for me. But when it comes to the other part, if we're going to talk about, you know, like you being a hypocritical white person that's trying to tell me the way things work for people of color or what it is we're allowed to say. There was one point where a white woman jumped in, and that's something I addressed too when she was like, you know, oh, you should stop yourself now, bitch. White people, white women specifically, no. You're not the deciders of what's appropriate anymore. That's not happening. Don't mistake yourself for having that position because I'm doing you a favor right now by correcting you. 
because really you're going to go out in the regular world and you're going to try to do that and you're going to end up a Karen on one of the videos, you know, like Karen's Gone Wild, which is of something I follow on Instagram. There's a lot of, in a lot of cases, liberals aren't understanding that they think they're in the right and they think they become arbiters of what's appropriate and what's inappropriate and they take that into the world and then they say it out loud and somebody just happens to have their phone out and then they end up getting their lives ruined and they think, oh, well, I voted for Hillary. I don't know how this could happen. Like, I'm not a racist person. And then they put out these apologies and whatever else. And that's how that goes down. So technically, I was helping her out by being like, you know, this is not your space. And I didn't call her bitch in the conversation. I just was like, um, I was like, yeah, that's not your position. You don't tell me what it is I can and can't talk about or when I'm supposed to stop talking. But, you know, I just don't care in the way that I will let these people ruin themselves. Like that guy, I just had to wait for, I guess, 48 hours till I could block him again. And I surely did just end up blocking him because, like I said, I was willing to have the conversation and I kept trying to have the conversation because I knew I had the option to block him sooner. But, you know, I was still willing to have the conversation because, like, if somebody really wants to have one of these conversations with me, I'm okay with it. And I'm say, like, you know, Let's do it like you go ahead and formulate your argument. But all this shit about everything else you're trying to bring up, you know, like following people on Twitter, which I didn't like, you know, changing my words around, which is not OK. Even once he posted the screenshots, he was still trying to like combine statements it's like, no, this is one statement. This is another statement. This one I use people of color. This one I use indigenous people. Like if you want to want me to dissect this for you, if you want me to answer this for you, I'm fine with answering either. But why don't you do this? Well, because I didn't say that because that's not what the conversation is. So if you want to have this conversation, but then there's also, no, stop throwing it. You called me a failed actor. Well, you are. So I don't know what it is you think we're supposed to get accomplished here, but it just ended up getting on my nerves. And so eventually I was just like, you know what? Let me finally just block this guy. I am 100% done with this guy and I left the screenshot up of what I said so if anybody wants to question me about it or anybody wants to say anything go ahead and say anything you know like these people don't get like I say stuff like this on stage all the time and because people get my tone and get what it is I'm saying there's not confusion homophobic shit transphobic shit racist shit all of it is a part of my brand and what I do you cannot use my own words to ruin me. Not to mention I already got canceled back in 2015 and I know what that's like and really it was nothing. It was like I don't care about any of this stuff, you know? Like for me it's a lot of people living in the land of make believe and I'm not joining them. So <sighs> Hit me up on social media with any questions you may have. This has been Unbothered by Tyra Vera. Whatever you do, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay unbothered.